BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Happy New Year. You know, we always try to start the Bauer and Rose show with a happy blank, but I think it's easy on January 2nd to say Happy New Year. Welcome to the Bauer and Rose show, the Bauer and Rose podcast. We're hosted by our good friends at justthenews.com and available on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. In addition to wherever you get your podcast, Gary, Happy New Year to you. A lot of issues to get to, but I can't help. I'm in Israel, so the um, college football playoffs didn't start until midnight. I watched the first quarter of the Alabama-Michigan game, and then I shut my phone off, went to sleep, and then woke up this morning and online watched the balance of the two games. I got to tell you, those were two, I mean, they were last-second plays in each game. They were unbelievable football games, and I hate Michigan, and I hate Alabama. (laughs) Well, well, and a happy new year to you too, Tom. Um, yeah, uh, we watch Carol and I watch the uh, Alabama Michigan game. Oh my God, uh, that's a great game. Main, mainly because uh, our our son Zach is a big fan of Michigan, and there's all kinds. I of, never knew that. Is uh, he really? Yeah, there's that all is kinds despicable. Of that is absolutely reasons for. It. Oh God. <laughs> Well, just so uh, I know Zach is a loyal listener to this podcast. Well, I'm an Ohio and, uh, State fan. I want to make just... sure, son, you recognize whose voice that is uh, oh. that's dissing your team. It, uh, I, I, th- I think the story of Michigan this year is an incredible story, given you know what the NCAA did to their coach. And, uh, what some do you mean, the, did to their coach? Human interest. <laughs> what are you talking about? Some of the inter- what about what the coach did you to college I- football? I'm an Ohio State fan. Can, if you can't, if you can't folks, figure that out, have you noticed that it may the calendar may say it's a new year, but Tom's up to his old <laughs> tricks of talking over me, uh, in, in an attempt to uh, stop my incredibly insightful views from being expressed. Anyway, I'm really glad to see them win. Although you know, I must say, Tom is a Southerner. It's kind of odd to see a um, you, you know a final game championship game coming up that will not have a team from the SEC uh, south of the Mason-Dixon. But I tell you, I I mean, I I loathe Michigan. I'm an Ohio State fan, but Washington, I mean, they look like an NFL team. I mean, I think they they could destroy Michigan. I mean, they were just Texas was phenomenal. They I I had no idea, absolutely no idea how good the Huskies were. I mean, that was Really, they. I, I see. I didn't see any of that game. You, you thought they? Oh my goodness really good. gracious! I mean, that Michael Penix is. I mean, he's a number one pick. He's a. He's already an NFL quality quarterback. That was just. He's amazing. That they have so many weapons. Their defense is. You know, a little on the shaky side, and. Uh, but I, I just what I was mean, the final score of that game, Tom? I didn't. Even and look Texas, at Texas had a chance to win it on the last play of the game. It was uh, 
Washington, I think. No, 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 no. Texas was phenomenal. Texas was outstanding. You know, Quentin, Quentin Ewers, their quarterback, got, you know, they got this new uh, concussion protocol. He got his bell rung on a critical third down that he completed and went and did the protocol. And everyone was talking on TV about how, how could he possibly have passed it? Um, cause he really got, and then he came back and played, but you could tell that it wasn't the same after that hit. And it was a good, it was a you good know, there hit. Was an, there was another game over the weekend that, uh, uh, was unbelievable, which is what Georgia did yeah. to Florida state. I mean, it but Florida was state didn't have a, any play. I mean, all, well, their I play- all their players were gone. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to use the word massacre in uh, in sports lingo, given what we're experiencing in the actual world uh, these days with uh, you know, the massacre of Israelis uh, a few months ago by Hamas and and uh, and getting little, very little news. Um, and it's it's not as grand or great as what happened in its in its uh, in its size to Israel. But. The massacre of Christians in Nigeria in uh, the closing weeks of 2023 gotten almost zero, zero uh, attention in the media. It's, it's just incredible. You know, you you can sneeze outside a mosque and, uh, you know, there's a there's a wire service story. Was this intentional? Was this an intentional hate crime to sneeze outside? the? But you can mow down Christians coming out of their churches or kidnap their kids uh, coming out of their Christian schools. Uh, anywhere on the continent of Africa and the entire Western media yawns uh, because, quite frankly, I think if some of them actually said something, they would be semi cheering the event. You know, I, and this is anyway, how I, we went right from football to the terrible straits of the world. This right? is exactly how I was going to start the broadcast because we haven't been on uh, since since last week. Christmas Eve uh, across Europe and even the United States was, and there's a question here, Bauer, so hang with me, was targeted by these Islamists, these left-wingers, and these Hamas supporters. The La Scala Opera House, their famous, world-famous Christmas Eve concert uh, uh, ruined by these people. Uh, Demonstrators uh, ripping down the Christmas tree, attempting to, in Rockefeller Center, Rockefeller Plaza, uh, the, the lighting of the Christmas tree ceremony they uh, destroyed or attempted to, to, to ruin. Now, here's my question, and it's a setup question. We haven't talked about this. Considering that Israel is a Jewish state um, where 75% of the population is Jewish, about 20% is, is Muslim, and about 2% is Christian, why would Israel's enemies target a holiday selling the birth of Jesus. Do these protesters, maybe they see something that we don't see, that perhaps what they see is that um, uh, the real war isn't just against Israel, but against Judeo-Christian civilization. Do they perhaps see that Israel is fighting on the same side as fundamentalist Christians? You know, there's a flip side to this, all this horrible news about Hamas supporters. There's a parallel phenomenon taking place at the opposite end of the political spectrum, our end. Look at Brazil. 
there was just this huge, I don't know, you probably didn't see this because it got no coverage. I'm in Israel and it got coverage, but I'm sure at home it didn't. Um, there was this huge pro-Bolsonaro demonstration in Sao Paulo against uh, the new government there. There was a very flawed election. Um, right. Uh, and the demonstrators... Something we're heading toward here, by yeah, the way. But these demonstrators were waving Israeli flags. Now, why would anti-socialist protesters in Brazil... Uh, protesting against flaws in the last election, be waving Israeli flags. What in the world does Israel have to do with the struggle against socialism uh, in Brazil? And I think I might have an answer. What is your answer? I think well, there's an- uh, you, you know, you've gone fishing here and you, you're <laughs> trying to reel in something. And I don't know if I'm going to be the cooperative minnow or not. But uh, look, I, I mean, you touched on a lot of different things. We have stopped thinking of the of the culture we live in bingo. as Judeo Christian bingo, civilization, bingo. or even the more even the more generic phrase Western civilization, which, by the way, includes countries that are not in the West. You know, places like Japan are part of Western civilization in their own way, right? In the sense of where they, if a line's drawn in the sand, the side they want to be on. So we've moved away from that. You, you, you know, you can't you, you've seen these things where somebody goes out on the street with a camera and stops somebody on the street and says, who was the name of the, What was the name of the first president? You know, oh, I know this. I know this. Can you imagine what the answers would be if you said, uh, tell us what Judeo-Christian civilization is and are you a member of it? Huh? What? You know, is that a new singing group? Is that like uh, hard rock? Uh, anyway. We have no concept of any of that, but there's powerful forces all over the world that sure as Hades know what Judeo-Christian civilization is. They hate it. They want to bring it down. That civilization and the and the principles of it, the pillars of it, have always been the bulwark against totalitarianism, against godless communism, against the death worshipers, etc. And they never they never rest. They attack specifically on holidays that are of great significance to us, religious observance days. And they also attack on days in which they won or lost battles that we wouldn't be able to place in the correct century, let alone uh, get it any closer than that. So, yeah, this is, um, you know, Lincoln in that speech that we've talked about many times, Tom, the Young Men's Lyceum uh, Association said, yeah, said that, uh, you know, if if destruction be our lot, we uh, ourselves shall be its author. Right. And and we're we're obviously out to prove what as a 28 year old observant, brilliant man, even then uh, he he understood to be the case. And and one final thought on this, um, every attempt by uh, elected officials, uh, common people around the country to restore us to even a modicum of relying on the values and teachings of Judeo-Christian civilization is met with vicious slanders and libels. We call the people that try to do that all sorts of names in an effort to demonize and names that we would not dare call our, our enemies around the world. We'll call parents 
trying to get their kids not to be subjected to raw sexuality in the second grade. We call them potential domestic terrorists. We, we call um, people that uh, love God and love America uh, uh, Christian nationalists. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. All an effort to subdue, to suppress, to silence, um, to keep Americans from having a light bulb go on and realize that we're in a final battle on whether we are going to exist as a, a place called America built on what our founders gave us or whether we're just going to become more of the globalist uh, soup uh, in which everybody is subjugated to unelected bureau- world bureaucrats or governments that do what the unelected world bureaucrats tell them to do. And you can see it play out, Tom. I, I did not see that there was a big demonstration in Brazil. And that's not accidental. I read a great deal. It's because they were probably waving uh, Israeli flags that we didn't read about it here. We hear very little about the guy just elected in Argentina, even though he is a grand slam home run. You know, the things he's saying there, and this stuff is happening all over the world. And if they tell us anything, it's to tell us, well, stay away from that government now. They're, they've been taken over by right wing, uh, the Argentinian equivalent of MAGA. Stay away from them or whatever. So this is the great struggle. And, and you know, hey, it, it would be like, you know, going into a gang fight and you turn to look and see if your guys are ready to fight. And half of your gang is taking a nap. That's the situation we're in. I've got I've got very, very uh, good news for everybody in our audience. Very bad news for power. And that is I have good news. Are you ready for some good news? It's uh, wait a minute. Let me let me steal myself here. (laughs) It's everywhere in the democratic world. It's everywhere. Look at Holland, the new Dutch prime minister here at Wilders. I have a quote. Gert, the war against Israel is not a war against Israel. It's a war against the West. It's jihad. Israel is simply receiving the blows that are meant for all of us. If there would have been no Israel, Islamic imperialism would have found other venues to release its energy and its desire for conquest. Many in Europe argue in favor of abandoning Israel in order to address the grievances of our own growing Muslim minorities. But if Israel were, God forbid, to go down, it wouldn't bring any solace to the West. It wouldn't mean our Muslim minorities would all of a sudden change their behavior and accept our values. On the contrary, the end of Israel would give enormous encouragement to the forces of Islam. They would, and rightly so, see the demise of Israel as proof that the West is weak and doomed. The end of Israel would not mean the end of our problems with Islam, but only the beginning. That is the new prime minister of the Netherlands. The Netherlands, one of the most liberal... And you know how the media... Oh, yeah, no, he's a right-wing lunatic. And you know how the media... Well, anti-Semite. I mean, the, the, there's significant. In fact, there's Jewish groups in the United States that have said, oh, woe is me. Look at this anti-Semite has risen to, you know, out of obscurity. And now he's close to getting power. And I, I mean, it, yeah, now, Tom, you're understandably you're in Israel and you're understandably focusing 
on the Israel part of this, which is very important because we have said this until we're blue in the face. But, but I'm, I'm, that I, and Israel I will, in the United States. No, I, I, and I will interrupt you after your seven minute soliloquy. Um, and I say that with uh, loving respect. Israel is, is, is simply the tip of the spear, the broader, the broader battle. I mean, Wilders was absolutely right. If it wasn't for Israel, it would be, it'd be Texas. It'd be Washington State. I mean, this is, um, I mean, our own good friend Steve Bannon has been just sensational on this issue. You know, talking about this being a Sharia supremacist global movement, that's being pushed by the Chinese Communist Party. That's funding all the mullahs in Iran. Um, you've got this Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, together with the newly elected Argentine president that you referred to, Javier Mille. Um, in Hungary, Orban, the anti-Semite, has ba- has criminalized pro-Hamas demonstrations. Now, when you look at the trend on the right compared with the trend on the left, on the left, of course, Hamas is becoming popular. Very popular. Um, so we, I think what's happening here is something much, much bigger than Israel and Hamas. What we see, I think, is the beginning of the parting of the seas in global. I think it's good news that while there are a lot of issues that divide these parties in both domestically and internationally, the Argentine People's Party, you know, it's probably different than Hurt Wilder's Freedom Party. But what they sure. all understand and what they all recognize is that this growing belief, which is harder and harder to deny, that Judeo-Christian civilization is under grave threat at home, in their homes, in your home, in my home, not just in the Middle East, but at home, in Holland, in Argentina, in, in uh, 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 Hungary, uh, even in the UK. And what unites these enemies of the West? It certainly isn't religious belief. It certainly isn't uh, women's rights. It's not gay rights. It's not trans rights. It's not, it's not global warming. What unites them is that they both hate Western civilization. They both hate Judeo-Christian civilization. And their hatred of us is so overwhelming that it subsumes all their other issues. Yeah, you know, Tom, it's been interesting to watch uh, in uh, in Africa uh, how Christian leaders in in the uh, on the continent uh, are number one uh, unabashedly pro-Israel. Uh, it's it's remarkable how many of those Christian leaders in Africa speak up about this. Um, in, in addition to that, they are furious that the West and that the current Pope are trying to. Uh, push homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, the whole alphabet soup right. of uh, of moral uh, degeneracy uh, on, on the, the people of Africa and are threatening to withhold Western countries are what Western governments were willing to, th- to throw foreign aid at these African countries for all sorts of reasons. Uh, and but now. They're threatening to pull the aid unless these Western nations kneel at the altar of all this uh, horse crap. Uh, so, it, you know, if only the church, even here in the United States, was as strong in denouncing these agendas as the church in Africa has been. Um, and, and by the way, folks, the United States, our current government, in your name, 
is leading the effort to pressure the people of Africa to worship at the altar of the alphabet people, LGBTQ+, whatever the, you know, the day's latest flavor is. It's disgusting because this is being done in our name. You know, embassies all across the continent fly the gay pride flag from their flagpole uh, during gay pride week, month, quarter, century, whatever the heck it is now. It was Donald Trump, by the way, who a lot of, uh, quote unquote, fellow, you know, I, my fellow Christian leaders who will you know jump all over Donald Trump because of all this, Gary, look at what he did over there. Donald Trump ordered no flag but the American flag to fly from the flagpoles of American embassies around the world. Donald Trump ordered that the State Department make persecution of Christians as one of the criteria that would jeopardize foreign aid from the United States. If you were a country engaging in persecution of Christians, the State Department told you, stop it if you want to continue to get our development help. So, yes, the, the, I mean, I, I, I hope it's good news, Tom. I'm just afraid or I'm concerned or I'm praying that when the fog lifts and we look at the correlation of forces, as I think the communists used to refer to it, that the the assets we have on our side is as strong or are as strong and as powerful as the assets that are deployed against us. You mentioned one final point here. You you mentioned how um subsidies are going for various things to the detriment of what we believe in. Um one of those things is subsidies both out of communist China and out of radical Islamic nations in the Middle East, where into drum roll American universities, which might have something to do with uh, the shocking display of anti-Semitism that we saw erupt on the campuses. Although, as you know, Tom, it really wasn't all that uh, surprising. What was surprising was that it was the first time people were were noticing it. I mean, it's been there for a long time. How many years have we watched as uh, representatives of the Israeli government that came to the United States to speak on university campuses about one issue or another couldn't do it? The, the, the amount of security that would be needed by the university to protect that representative of a foreign government from speaking on an American university was so overwhelming that time and time again, these speakers would be canceled or they would be shouted down uh, right here in the good old United States of America. It's just it it does beg the question as to um, and I'm speaking as a Jew now uh, when we will understand what everybody else seems to know and that uh, we have incredible allies and a burgeoning series of friendships that we seem intent upon, if not dismissing entirely, then minimizing, uh, cowering in fear. Shelter in place is the term I think that that best describes uh, the organized American Jewish community's response. Although that might be a little unfair because they've certainly been better than they than they have in the past. The question is, how long do you think it will last? There's this new poll out that's being cited at all of our favorite websites, that black and Hispanic young voters are abandoning Biden, um, you know, as we 
enter 2024. And then there, there are all the, also these polls that those same voters uh, can't make a moral distinction between Hamas and Israel. What, what's going – well, look, I don't think anyone is – I know argu- the answer. No one's arguing that, that our young people are smarter than, than, uh, than they have been in the past. But what's the answer? Yeah, my, well, my answer is this is why they're abandoning Biden. Even though you and I know, Tom, because we read between the lines that he's doing everything he can to restrain Israel, to pull Israel back, to undermine what Israel needs to done, needs to do. But to these uh, young uh, left of center American youth who get their news only from Twitter and so forth, Biden looks like he's over the top for Israel and against the poor, suffering people uh, of Gaza. And that's why they're abandoning him in many cases, which means to me that they will end up coming back to him uh, by by time of the election. So so you don't because they're they're not going to have a Republican presidential candidate that's less uh, pro-Israel than Biden. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, so but. The alleged movement toward Trump, you know, Hispanics for Trump, blacks for Trump, that one out of five uh, African-American men now say uh, they'd vote for Trump, uh, which would be what did he get? That's last different, time? I think. Yeah. What did he get last time? He yeah, got that, like, that's different. I mean, 12 percent. I think he got was, like, uh, yeah, 12 percent. And which now was very you know, high. If it if it goes anywhere north of 15, 16, 17 percent, Trump. Trump wins the presidential election, hands down. I I mean, I just don't think there's any question about it. Now, I think that's more of a working class phenomena, uh, which transcends uh, race. The media, of course, continues to say, well, Trump gets the white working class because uh, his racism appeals to them. Trump is getting the working class generally in America of all races, uh, whites, blacks, Hispanics, because they see in him somebody that not yesterday, but his entire life has been a, an advocate for the, the middle class and the working class in America. I saw an interview with him the other day, Tom. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember, but it was it was 30 years ago. And the, the interviewer said, uh uh, so are you a so that, are you a Rockefeller Republican uh, Trump? And he goes, well, I I mean, I live in New York and the Rockefeller name is big in New York. But I no, I wouldn't call myself a, a Rockefeller Republican. You, you know, he said uh, rich, rich people don't like me very much. He said that they, they, they just don't. He said, where I really get traction is among, you know, the cab driver and the guy that opens the door at the hotel and, the, you know, the, the guy that has a little restaurant or bodego, you know, they, they love me. They've always loved me because I care about them. And he was saying this long before he was thinking, at least as far as we know, about someday running for president of the United States. You know, last well, last year we saw, uh, I was having dinner last night with uh, some friends here, some super left-wing, whatever. Um, and there's a, there's a disconnect, obviously, between what people who dislike Donald Trump's personality um, yet support 
nearly all of his positions. I had this argument with this fellow last night. Hates Trump. Hates him. Just hates him. So I said, okay, let's go down the list. Everything from the border to... So you uh, had dinner with Chris Christie? <laughs> very, actually, I'm well, sorry to interrupt. I, no, no, no. Uh, everything from the border to uh, energy independence to you know, massive inflation, dislocation, global chaos. You go down the issues and uh, every single one, this guy who just hates Trump, hates him, um, agrees with Trump. And I said, don't you don't see any incongruity there? The guy that you claim to support, you oppose every single one of his policies. You can't possibly tell me that America is in a better shape today than it was four years ago. No, 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 absolutely not. We're in a much worse shape. Cities are out of control. Crime is out of control. Inflation's out of control. But you're going to vote for the guy who is responsible for all of these crises. I mean, these were poor Jimmy Carter had crises thrust upon him. Joe Biden has actually created them. He's the one responsible. It's an active. These are the results of active Biden policies opening the border his very first day in office taking the Houthis, who nobody back then had ever heard of, off the terror list. So the Houthis were no longer sanctioned. That was his very first day in office. Abortion on... And then leaning on the Saudis to stop fighting the Houthis. Exactly right. Uh, You know, abortion on demand, which is now uh, an issue that a lot of Republicans seem to be going wobbly on in terms of uh, supporting the uh, the Dobbs decision that the court uh, issued uh, last summer. But... Um, I just wonder how many of those kinds of people are out there. And it's a shame that we've conflated the office of the president with a popularity contest or a personality um, approval contest. I mean, I totally understand who, how people might not like Trump's style, his tweeting, his brashness, all that kind of stuff. But particularly for those folks who see that the country's heading you know, for a royal flush down the uh, you-know-what, to put their disapproval, dislike of someone's personality over proven job performance. I mean, I've made this point on the show. This is the first time in 150 years the American people will actually have the opportunity to vote for or against two incumbent presidents. This won't be one candidate arguing against another based on ideas. These two men have records they will have been in office an equal amount of time. I just think, well, anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, you know, Tom, I uh, there, it, there's no question that Trump turns off some people. There's also no question that he brings into the political process people that otherwise will not show up to vote Republican. And I, I don't think anybody's got a good enough handle on it to know whether or not uh, those two balance out or whether they're, it's a net gain for right. us or not. Um, oh, the, I, I bet the, there are um, more people that he brings in than those he annoys, because I think a lot well, of the people that he annoys, like I don't want to single out this one fellow, but my guess is the curtain gets pulled. No one's looking. He might. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, and, and, and Trump, you know, polls in the high 40s, 47, 48, 49. Now, in some polls, he's he's at 50, 51. 
uh, 52. And people go, oh, my gosh, look at how narrow it is. It ought to be overwhelming. Folks, it hasn't been overwhelming in decades. It is a narrowly divided country. And we Republican presidential candidates have not won a majority of the popular vote in in quite a while. So, you know, the reason we've been successful on occasion is that uh, the founders and their wisdom set up a system so that a few populous states like California and New York can't always determine who's going to be the next president. We've got the electoral college system. And so we win periodically. But the, the idea that, you know, Nikki Haley, if she got the nomination, would, you know, defeat Joe Biden by 10 points or whatever. It is going to be a nail biter election no matter what happens. And quite frankly, Tom, I, I actually think the greatest risk for the, uh, the re, uh, Republican Party is that for some reason Trump does not get nominated because I, I think there, there will be a large swath of, of people, uh, that just won't vote or, We'll vote for a third party candidate or or whatever. I, I know that here in Washington in the Republican establishment and in the donor class of the party, they think he's the only thing standing between us being back in the White House. You know, that there's just in my view, there is no evidence of that. But by the way, Tom, this stuff about, you know, taking him off the ballot in Maine and Colorado and some people are saying, well, it doesn't make any difference. He wasn't going to win either one of those states anyway. Well, first of all, folks, it does make a difference because they're canceling the presidential election in those states. All because they want to save democracy, Gary, that we're saving democracy by denying the people's chance to vote for or against the candidate of their choice. Absolutely. And what will happen, my friends, If they succeed in taking him off the ballot, even if it's only in liberal states, well, Republicans won't show up to vote. And that means every down ballot race for state legislatures, for Congress, if there are Senate races in those states, the Republicans will lose all of them because Republicans, a certain percentage of Republican voters will not show up if there's not a place to vote for the Republican presidential nominee. Did you see this this new Washington Post poll, I guess that was out this morning, that um, only 14 percent of Republican voters think that Trump was responsible for for January 6th? And then, you, you know, this poll was conducted after the outrageous Colorado Supreme Court and Maine Secretary of State decisions to throw Trump off the ballot to um, to uh, fix the 2024 election in order to protect uh, democracy. And the um, if you look at their broader numbers, um, Americans are increasingly disbelieving the notion that's a double negative, that Biden actually won the 2020 election. Um, The latest polling in New York, or rather that was conducted in New York and across the country, uh, finds that 72% of Republicans uh, think it's time to move past January 6th, the Capitol riots, um, and that overall 44% of the country thinks that Donald Trump did not win the election. I mean, I'm sorry that Joe Biden didn't win the election. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom. No, I mean, that that trend's been going on for some time. The only places that are moving in the opposite direction 
of being committed to the idea that, of course, Joe Biden won and he won fair and square. And you need to sit down and shut up. Oh, wait a minute. You're already sitting down when you need to stand up so that you can sit down and shut up. The only people fighting and going in the other direction are the people who run Fox News who feel like every time they mention the 2020 election, they have to say, which Donald Trump has falsely claimed was stolen from him, and the donor class of the Republican Party that insist on saying, we need to move past this idea that the election was stolen. I I don't know how brilliant men and women that have been able to make so much money don't understand that if an election was stolen, you can't just say we need to move past that. Because it'll get stolen again if you just move past it. This seems just so obvious, Tom. But the ability of people to deceive themselves and to and to and to move like a herd of sheep in whatever the conventional wisdom is at the time is uh, is a powerful force in, in uh, the human psyche. One of the uh, more remarkable findings in this poll that I saw, this Washington Post University of Maryland poll is that 46% of independents think it's time to move past the January 6th uh, events. 72% of Republicans and only 14% of Democrats, uh, obviously. But the Colorado decision is boomeranging. First, there's no way, there's just no way that the court could possibly uphold a single unelected uh, bureaucrat's decision, as in the case of Maine, to keep a major party nominee off the ballot for Crimes he hasn't even been charged with. Jack Smith lives and breathes to destroy Donald Trump. He has unlimited resources at his disposal. The entirety of the federal government, the entirety of federal law enforcement, all the prosecutors, unlimited budget. And if this guy, after two and a half years of searching and scrounging and delegating literally hundreds of people, to scour law books and every bit of evidence, if even Jack Smith couldn't come up with all those advantages to come up with an insurrection charge, Jack Smith didn't charge Donald Trump with insurrection. Donald Trump, in these 91 phony indictments, all issued by, by Democrat grand juries, pushed by Democrat prosecutors in overwhelmingly Democrat jurisdictions, not a single one of those has anything to do with insurrection. Well, Tom, I I will respectfully uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm respectfully suggesting that we're we're making a rhetorical mistake by by saying that he wasn't charged with aiding and abetting the insurrection. There was no there was no insurrection. Correct. (laughs) That's where we need to continue to fight. There there was no insurrection on January 6th. So Donald Trump cannot possibly be charged with inciting an insurrection. No insurrection was attempted, nor did it take place. The way we know that there was not an insurrection is that there's never been an insurrection in the history of mankind that involved people that did not have weapons. So if America could literally be insurrected, by several thousand unarmed people basically doing a walkthrough or shoving their way into a government building in Washington, D.C., well, then we need to have all of our money back that we have spent for national security and national defense. It it, it can't possibly be an insurrection. And since it wasn't an insurrection, there cannot be 
a charge of insurrection made by uh, against the president, the former president. To, of the United to restate States. the obvious, the insurrection clause, uh, Section three of the 14th Amendment that all the left is talking about was was written to bar Confederates from holding public office. What an insurrectionist was, was self-explanatory because we had just completed a devastating four-year civil war. Only federal authorities get to declare an insurrection. Joe Biden hasn't declared an insurrection, let alone Donald Trump. For the insurrection clause to apply, you're absolutely right, Gary, there has to be an insurrection. That means there has to be a declaration of insurrection. Congress and President Lincoln both defined and declared an insurrection. And nothing of the, nothing of the kind has happened. There's been no declaration now, which means legally speaking, there's absolutely no way an insurrection clause can apply yet. A majority, by the way, that everyone talks about this Colorado ruling, four to three ruling, all seven of the Supreme Court justices in Colorado are Democrats, all seven. And it was four to three. So you talk about a fringe outcome. They only won by one vote and every and and. The, the ballot was stacked. So I, I just don't see how any of this holds up, but you're right. There is also the fear, the risk. Don't you agree of complacency? I mean, I see it on Fox all the time. Well, the court's going to obviously you know, rule against this. And that, to me, almost uh, diminishes or certainly uh, defangs the true danger of this movement to destroy democracy in order to, quote, unquote, save it, right? The- yeah, well, look, and, they, and Trump is right, and others that have said this are, are right, too, that if he's nominated and goes on to win, um, they are setting the stage for what could be an insurrection from the left, uh, they're 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 saying he's a threat to democracy, which is insanity. It's Biden that's issued more uh, executive orders than any modern president. It's Biden who's continually ignoring Supreme Court decisions, working around them, etc. Uh, it, it it's him and his party that are trying to silence free speech, censor free speech, um, interfere with the right of assembly. Uh, attacking the right to own a firearm to protect you and your family, uh, engaging in all kinds of nefarious activities. As far as the the Supreme Court, Tom, there's a couple of there's one grand slam home run possibility. And that is that the court actually decided these cases by an eight to one or nine to zero vote uh, against uh, the Supreme Court of Colorado the Secretary of State of Maine and any other that, that would have to uh, be a very narrow ruling, right? Would Wouldn't that have to be a narrow ruling to get any of the Dems to go? go well, for it? I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I, I don't I don't know uh, whether it, I don't know what a, a narrow ruling would look like if it's a if it's a five to four decision or a six to three decision in favor of Trump, uh, that then. The, the mob that is already on steroids on the left is going to be stoked up even further. Right. The My, other horrible possibility would be if the court punted. 
Right. That would be. But then conservatives would say, why was why did I ever why did I ever bother? bother? Right. Why no, did my, I fight for the confirmation of these justices? Right. When I said narrow ruling, what I meant was a ruling that uh, allowed yeah, on the Trump, substance. Right. Yeah. Allowed Trump to stay on the ballot, but didn't really deal with uh, the substance of the of the complaint of the argument. Look, even if it's a no, I'm, now I'm going to. Now I'm going to become a bit of a, a, you know, a radical here to make you look more moderate. Even if the court rules nine to zero, that's not enough. That's not, I'm sorry, that is not enough. People were protesting against, at the very best, a very flawed election. There were changes to hundreds of election laws in the 90 days leading up to the election. There were tens of millions of unsupervised ballots you know, the deep state paying people to write, you know, phony, uh, uh, to sign on phony affidavits that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, all kinds of state censorship, all kinds of private sector tech censorship, you know, corporate media doing what they could to tip the scales. These people were pissed off about a flawed election and they behave badly. And those that behave badly are being punished. They're being punished, uh, one might argue, far more severely than A, their disruptive juvenile behavior on January 6th might have merited, and certainly, certainly more severely than any of the far more serious criminal uh, defendants who were never defendants in the first place for burning down our cities, for laying siege to the White House by 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 besieging this federal courthouse in Portland for, what was it, 40 straight nights? Uh, and all of this, not only were they not charged, Gary, or they got a slap on the wrist, if anything at all, they were celebrated. The current vice president of the United States proudly announced she wanted to raise money for bail for these looters, for these rioters, for these arsonists, for these killers. Dozens of people were killed Billions of dollars in property was destroyed. So we well, you know during the Biden years, Tom's Tom, there's been um, multiple state legislators, state legislative bodies, state capitals uh, that the left has uh, breached the security and occupied the, the state capitol building, attempting to stop business going on by the state legislature that they objected to on a variety of different issues. Um, and they were all hailed as heroes for doing that. Right. You so, know, it's funny because this um, whole movement started, talk- this whole movement started with the Occupy Wall Street. Pro- Remember those? Right. Occupy. Yes. Now, suddenly, yeah. it's the same tactics, but they're accusing us of being, you know, the occupiers. Look, people who knew better, lots and lots of Republicans stayed quiet hid under their desks when they shouldn't have, right? Even, uh, you know, I, I indicated this, even Trump hasn't been They're charged. They're still doing it now. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, did, can you imagine if um, a couple of Republican states uh, had in recent months removed Joe Biden from the ballot in their states, saying that he, in their view, was guilty of treason, because he had left the the borders of the United States unguarded and that it was demonstrably true that among the migrants coming in, threatening the economic 
viability of the American people. There are drug dealers, drug pushers, Why don't we human do that? traffickers, Why don't we do terrorists, that? et cetera. Why don't we do that? Why don't well, we ever start playing by their rules of the game? That's the only way this will stop, Gary. It's we, the only way it'll stop is if we start doing to them what they do to us. Instead, Tom, we've got people running for the Republican presidential nomination who are promising the exact opposite. You know, elect me because I want to take us back to when we were gentlemen when in our disagreements, as if somebody we could nominate nominate could do that. The only way you can do that is if you stop fighting the left. That's right. Then everybody will be very happy. And, you know, it's just that we'll be serfs, uh, slaves. Uh, to whatever the latest leftist fan is. Now, I, I so but but back to my point, if let's say Texas and Louisiana had done that in recent months, Tom, there there would not be enough TV screens, microphones, websites in America to accommodate the Democrat elected officials that would absolutely be blowing a gasket. There would be riots outside of the state Supreme Court of whatever Republican-oriented state had dared to take Joe Biden off the ballot. I say we there, do there it. Would, you would have to call out I the advocate National Guard. It. I advocate it. I think it's long past time that we start meeting measure for measure. It's the only way, that, the only way this impeachment nonsense will end is if we start doing to them. They get a free pass on everything. I mean, the line that I think you and I have developed over the years is it's first and goal for them. And they have, and we give them an unlimited number of downs. <laughs> all yep. they need yep. is nope. to score nope. everybody. All they need is to score once everybody on the left and too many people on the right sit by and don't protest that Trump be universally condemned as this, you know, authoritarian uh, uh, proto fascist uh, dictator in waiting. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to say that I saw two of my fellow colleagues, one who actually was a report of mine, uh, openly say that if Donald Trump is reelected, that's the end of American democracy. Uh, You would never see disgruntled Democrats. Uh, I, I, I mean, this and she celebrated for it. You know, she whatever wants her media career. You know, God love her, whatever. Uh, this woman is a, a nothing, basically. Uh, nice nice lady, but a nothing. This, this, are you referring to the re- Washington Post lady? Uh, no. Um, referring to the View lady. Um, uh, well, I, we've, uh, already, we've right. already outed her. Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Farah, who's married now, and her right. married name is, I can't remember. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, this is... Um, and she's celebrated now. She's a cause celeb on the left. A cause of celeb. Course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody that sells out uh, the, the conservatives that made them, that they were made their home in. That's a good point. Uh, becomes an instant uh, hero or heroine if, if all they, you know, if they're just willing to take a deep breath and, and play the, the role of Benedict Arnold. Yeah. I mean, you, you're you're welcome. You're you're welcome with uh, with open arms. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sadly, we've got quite a few examples of it uh, yeah. that we can that we oh, can yeah. point to. 
Oh yeah, this uh, this this the, battle. The Cheney is- name has forever been uh, has ever will will forever bear the blot of what Liz Cheney has done. Sorry, v- former Vice President Cheney, but that's just a fact. Yeah, and and you know the party that Vice President Cheney made his career in and rose to be Vice President of the United States and and was brutally attacked by the left. It was the people that most came to his defense that fell on their swords for him that his daughter has been dumping has all over. demonized, excoriated and calls every name under the book. And dad hasn't said a dang word about Where, it. Where's George W. Bush? I, I haven't heard, yeah. I haven't heard from George him George? since H- hugging Michelle Obama, I think. Uh, not a word. Not an absolute <laughs> harassment, no. intimidation, coercion. It's all related. From It started with Occupy Wall Street. Then it went to Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Then it went to George Floyd. And now it's, it's the same people with the same agenda. Right. They start with whoever they see is vulnerable. Today, it's the Jews. And then they go after the Christians. Uh, Maybe Disney learned this. I heard this the other day that uh, they learned this the hard way that no kids are going to wait online for three hours to ride Peter Pan sexual. They want Peter Pan. And when they don't get it, they're not going to go to Disney World. And you look at their tickets, their ticket sales were in, in, a, in abysmal decline. Uh, the, the, the signs out there, I think, are very, very good. If we can just figure out a way to tap into it and direct it uh, toward victory in the upcoming elections. Yeah, uh, well, Tom, I did. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned this. I did see another hopeful sign, which was, did we mention this about the New Year resolution that a a poll was taken by CBS or somebody. Uh, what What are your resolutions? And I didn't uh, see it. one of the things. One of the things that um, showed up way high on the list were were Americans saying that they were making a resolution to get more serious about their faith and to go back to church and synagogue and uh, to pray more and to get more into their guiding uh, religious books, the Bible and the Torah and so forth. Which, if you know, if if any year is going to be a year to send you back to the basics, twenty twenty four has got the capacity to be that year. Oh boy! And that has, um, you know, I'm I'm in Israel at the moment, and that has that's become so true in the last ninety days. People uh, who used to say, "Well, I'm an Israeli. I'm an Israeli." Now they're saying, "I'm a Jew." You know, and you hear Bi- people mm. quote the Bi- you hear Bible verses when you're when you're you know buying a, a Snickers bar. It's What's happened is this, well, it was never that secular to begin with, but the, this secular Western country has become incredibly more religious. And on that note, I think we got to, I'm looking at the clock here. We're way over. Yeah. That's your fault again, as usual. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're having fun, you know, you, we just don't want to stop. I, mean, I know, just the I way know, I know. So I got to ask you this, because next Monday's the game. Um, is it Washington or Michigan? Michigan. Really? Michigan, yeah, Michigan is riding an emotional uh, uh, train that I think is going to carry them to the national championship. Well, their defense was absolutely stellar. I mean, they just completely swarmed Alabama. But 
God, Washington looks good. You didn't see the game. You got I mean, this was this. I don't recall seeing a better offense from a college football team. Well, I the only thing I I, I saw some article that said that Washington University was University was having trouble selling tickets to the game, and I thought, can a team really win the championship? from uh, what has become an increasingly liberal state uh, from a very liberal school. And uh, I don't think so. Well, I mean, they're, first of all, you know, I'm not defending them, but uh, it's a long way from Seattle to New Orleans. It, you know, it's a lot closer to get in your car and drive from, uh, you know, drive from uh, Austin, Texas or wherever. Anyway, um, I don't really yeah, care. Just I, hop in, hop in your electric vehicle and <laughs> drive there, 75 you know? miles before your battery runs out. Anyway. Somebody said the other day, I know we're way over, but somebody the other day said, you know, the way you can tell a liberal woman, she uses her electric vehicle to the drive for her abortion. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's uh, actually anyway. dangerously funny. That's dangerously funny. Yes, anyway, it is. It is. We'll have a great couple of days, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Again, if you're new to the Bauer and Rose Show, please make sure hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, give us a five-star rating, recommend us to friends and fellow voters or non-voters who you want to encourage to be voters. Anyway, this was a great show. Or, or I, recommend us to your enemies that, because you'll irritate the Hades <laughs> out of them. That was Bauer. That was Bauer. <laughs> anyway, have a great week, everybody.